relationships are some of the most cherished and important, but they can also be the most challenging and painful. Let's learn together what the Bible says about the relationships that matter most and discover practical wisdom for a fulfilling family life. Good morning, Vintage Church. How's everyone doing this morning? Happy Mother's Day. I know our team has said it already, but we are so glad that you're here spending this special day with us. If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Lindsay. I'm part of the teaching team here, and I'm so excited to be bringing you guys the Mother's Day message today. It's actually a very special Mother's Day for me and for my family because we actually just welcomed a brand new baby to our family. We actually have a family photo to share. So that is my, yes, I have a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and now a 10-week-old. She was not a mistake. There's actually a, a story and a testimony that goes along with that that we will share another time. But no, we know we started over. We completely started over. We are fully aware. We reset the clock on our empty nest, and we could not be any more excited about it because children are a gift from God. Amen. Amen. Listen, one of the things that especially women do when we see a friend that has a new baby, we say, how's baby sleeping? Is baby sleeping through the night? Listen, I am so proud to say that baby sleeps through the night. Won't he do it? (laughs) I actually paid for a course. Uh, There are such things as uh, professional baby sleep experts now. It wasn't a thing when my younger kids or my older kids were younger. Thank goodness it is now. So ladies, if you have a newborn and you're struggling, come find me. Okay, I have some secrets I can share with you. But as we celebrate Mother's Day today, I just want to take a moment and honor all the women in the room here today, okay? Whether you're a mom or not, if you're a woman, you're part of this family, you have a motherly call to this church, no matter what that looks like. Maybe you have been trying to become a mom for a a while. Maybe year after year, you're stuck in a cycle of waiting, wondering what that looks like for you. Maybe you're a mom in the thick of it right now. Maybe you are grieving the loss of a baby or a child, or maybe you're grieving the loss of your own mother. I just want to encourage you. God sees you. God is still up to something. God is making all things new. And even through the hard, even through the refining, I want to encourage you, lean into that, okay? You don't know what he has for you on the other side. Lean into that because he's preparing you for what he's made you for, even if it doesn't always look like what you planned it to look like, okay? Can we give it up for all the moms again? Happy Mother's Day. There's not enough days in the year to celebrate moms and women for everything that you do. Also, before we want to dive into this message, I just want to share one thing with you guys that's coming up. We are going to Israel in 2024. Pastor Stephen and Kyla are actually going to be hosting this trip. Now, the last time I checked, I'm the point of contact for this trip, so you can bring all the questions to me after service. I'll be at the guest suite. Last time I checked, we had eight spots left, and some of them might be gone already. So if you are interested, please head to the website, forward slash Israel 24. There's lots of information on there. We have payment plans so we can make it work for you, okay? The registration deadline ends in October. I guarantee you it will be filled up in the next two to three weeks, okay? So if you have any interest at all, head to the website now, save your spot. It's going to be an incredible time. I actually got to go to Israel uh, back in, it was 2017, and there's nothing like it. I don't even know if I can go again because 
It's such an incredible experience being there, walking where Jesus walked, seeing all the things that you read about in the Bible and seeing them come to life, okay? So if you're interested, head to the website, save your spot. It's going to be incredible. So we are continuing our series called Dream House. We're in week five, and here's the big idea for this series. God wants us to win at home, and the Bible shows us how, okay? He lays it out perfectly clear for husbands and for wives how we can win at home. We all want the same thing in our homes, right? We want more peace. We want less tension. We want genuine connection and affection with the people that matter to us the most, and that's our family, the people that live inside our walls. Now, last week, if you were here, you got to hear Pastor Eric Lawson talk specifically to the women about the respect needs of their husbands. So this week, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're talking to the men. So all the ladies say yes and amen. We are doing this for you here today. Okay, guys, don't be nervous. It's going to be good. I actually had a few men tell me, when you first started talking, I was nervous what you were going to say. Okay, I promise it's good. But before we jump in, we're going to have a little fun. Have you guys heard that women live longer than men? Anybody heard that before? Okay, let's take a look at why. It's a good example. Not very smart. Okay, next one. That ceiling is not even that high. Like, did he not have a ladder or a neighbor? So bad. I really want to see how these ended, though. So I think that's a washing machine on top of a Honda. This guy, I don't even know how he got there. And this guy, who knows if he has his foot or his life? <laughs> okay, all jokes aside, listen, we're going to talk to husbands and fathers today, and I want to encourage you with this first verse. First Peter 3.7 says, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, I know a lot of you women in here heard that and said, wait, weaker vessel? Okay, let's not misunderstand this verse, okay? God created women on purpose for a purpose. We were made to be different than men, right? Despite what culture tells us, there are biological differences between men and women, and that is okay. Peter's actually speaking to the physical masculinity of men here. Women do not have that. That's what he's talking about, okay? But he also says, as being heirs together of the grace of life, okay? We're heirs together, both men and women, We're not the same, but we're equal in that, okay? It also says, according to Peter, being understanding and honoring towards your wife is a secret to having your prayers heard by God. Guys, did you hear that? Being understanding and honoring towards your wife is a secret to having your prayers heard by God. Some of you are wondering why it seems like God, maybe he never hears your prayers. Maybe he doesn't answer your prayers. It could be because of how you've been treating your wives, okay? All right, one more cheesy joke before we get into the message. Speaking of wives, not under, or husbands not understanding their wives. A guy was walking along the beach. He finds a bottle. He picks it up. A genie pops out. The genie says, thanks for letting me out. For your kindness, I will grant you one wish. The guy said, well, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I can't because I'm afraid to fly. And also, being on a boat makes me really sick, so I can't take a ship. He says, my wish is for you to build a bridge from here to Hawaii. The genie thinks about it, and he goes, yeah, sorry, I can't do that. Think of all the work that's involved. Think of the pilings that have to go so far down deep into the ocean. Think of all the cement. I just don't think it's possible. You have to come up with another wish. So the guy thinks about it for a minute, and he says, well, there is one thing I've always wanted to know. 
I'd like to be able to understand women. You know, what makes them laugh, what makes them cry, how they feel, how they think, what makes them tick? The genie immediately says, well, do you want that bridge with two lanes or four? <laughs> okay, listen, I don't think we're that complicated, but maybe it's because I am a woman, but we're gonna help break it down a little bit for you guys today. So I wanna encourage everyone, whether you're married in the room here today or not, this message is for you, okay? Young men, not married yet, put this in your pocket, okay? And save it for when you meet that woman. It's never too early to become the person that God is calling you to be. Hebrews 13, four says, marriage is to be honored by all. So to honor marriage, we have to have God's mind on it. And no matter how great your marriage currently is, no matter how perfect it is, no matter how happy you are, we always have room to grow, okay? So let's get into it and let's grow in our marriages together. Open your Bibles or your app with me to Ephesians 5. Now in Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in Ephesus and he's talking about the different roles and relationships and responsibilities within a marriage. Now this is a beautiful picture of God's design and his design for the husband and the wife together in that marriage relationship. So we're going to look at a few different scriptures in this chapter, but I want to start off by centering on this. Ephesians 25 through 26 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with a washing of water by the word. Now, this is such an important part of what makes any house a dream house. Most of the content that we're talking about today and the content that you heard last week, if you didn't hear the message, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. This all actually comes or stems from a book called Love and Respect. It's a Christian perspective. It's an incredible book talking about the needs of wives and husbands. Pull out your phone. You can scan that QR code. It'll take you to Amazon so you know where to buy it. But I do want to encourage you, read these books and then apply them and then read them again and then reapply what you learn. Okay, because we can read something, we can hear something, we can start to apply it to our marriage, to our relationship, and then what happens? We get comfortable. It starts to be a little too easy, and we back off a little bit, right? Apply and reapply the things that you learn on how to make your marriage better. So love your wives. This is the command for men. Men, you are to love your wives. So if I would ask you here in the room, I'm not going to make you do it, but if I were to ask you to raise your hand and tell me if you loved your wife, most of you would. You would say, yeah, I love her. Love my wife, right? If I were to ask you how you show your love, you'd probably say, well, I tell her. I tell her I love her. Maybe I do nice things for her. Maybe I take care of her. And all those things are great. They're incredible. But the kind of love that Paul commands us to show to each other as husbands and wives goes so far beyond that. So we're going to jump in and we're going to unpack the six love needs of every wife. So guys, number one, if your wife could look at you and tell you this, she would say the number one thing that she needs from you is for you to seek to understand her. This might seem complicated, but it's really not. It's all about the effort that we put into understanding each other, right? One of the greatest needs for a wife is the need to communicate. Even if your wife isn't a chatty person, I'm not. I'm not an outgoing, talkative person, but I want to know that I can communicate with my husband. Ben. He knows how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking, and that we can have an open dialogue at all times about what's important to me and that it's important to him too. Have a heart-to-heart -heart with your wife, okay? Here's some tips for you to be able to do that. First, find a shared interest. Something in her world. Go out of your way to find something that she likes, something that makes her happy. And even if you're not interested, fake it at first, okay? Fake an interest in some of the things that she likes. It could be, 
you know, I don't know, shows that she likes. It could be a certain hobby like hiking or stuff like that, working out, doing that together. Try talking about something that she likes to talk about. What's important to her, make it important to you. Second thing is to let her speak, okay? Guys, you are fixers. You love to fix things. When we start talking, your minds start going. How can I help? What am I going to do? Who do I need to talk to to make this better for my wife? I know that's my husband. He will jump in. He will pick up a phone before I even have a chance to tell him not to and call somebody up. Okay, guys, cheat code here. Sit back and ask your wife when she starts processing, when she starts talking about something that's maybe bothering her or something that even she's excited about. Ask her, do you want my opinion on this? Do you want me to just listen and hear you out? Or do you want me to help you find a solution? or a next step for this situation. I know this is something, ladies, you can help with too. I help my husband with this all the time. If I wanna talk about something, I'll start out by saying, babe, I wanna talk about this, but I need you to first put your phone down. <laughs> put your phone down, and then just hear me out. I don't need you to help me find a solution. We don't need to necessarily go back and forth and talk about it, just hear me out. And then if I decide later that I want your opinion or I want your help, I will ask, because I know you have something that you wanna say about it. But for now, just listen. Next thing is give her undivided attention. Find a time that works for you in your marriage, okay? For a lot of people, it's early morning. They get up early, they have their coffee together. We can't do that, we are not morning people. Our mornings are a little more chaotic than that, especially with little kids. We are more night owls, okay? Sitting on the couch. But this means putting your phone down, turning off the TV, facing each other. Find time to give her your undivided attention to talk about those things that matter to her. Next thing is to create a shared vision. Okay, don't just get stuck having conversations about household items, about budgets, money. Those things are all great, and they do need to happen. You do need to have clear expectations for each other. But take some time to communicate about your marriage, what you want it to look like. Take some time to sit back and reflect on what it looks like right now, your current reality, and then talk about what you want it to look like. Maybe what you want your family to look like, what you want your home to not only look like, but to feel like. I know that's a big deal for me. I want my home to be a place of peace. And in order to create that, it's something that we have to come back to and talk about regularly. What does that look like? What does that mean practically for us as parents? How we parent our children. Those are things that you have to communicate about and create that vision together. Okay, the second love need for your wife pursue and romance her. Okay, let me tell you something. Regardless, women, of whether you think you're romantic or not, I would say I'm not, I don't naturally lean that way. You are, because romance begins at an emotional level. It's an emotional connection that needs to happen before you can move on to the romantic stuff. Guys, think about it. When you were dating your wife, you probably opened the door for her. You probably sent her sweet texts. You probably wrote her notes, sent her flowers, just because, right? And then you get engaged, and you got her hooked. And you don't have to do those things anymore, right? Wrong. Still do those things, okay? My husband's actually really great at this. Anytime we're on a date, he'll open the door for me. He'll go out of his way, even when I don't want him to, even when it's hot and I'm sweating, and I'm like, just get in the car, start the AC. No, it's a, he wants to open the door. He wants to make sure I get in. He wants to kiss me on the cheek and then go around and start the AC, Okay. But every time he does it, it reminds me of when we were dating, of those sweet little things that he did to show that he cared for me before we settled into a life of routine. This is something that every woman 
enjoys, okay? A night out with her husband. It can be as simple as just going down the street and getting a quick bite to eat. It can be as extravagant as a weekend away. And guys, I know it is never easy. It is never convenient, especially if you have kids, but it's worth it. Find a way to make it work for your marriage. Also, if your wife tells you she doesn't like gifts, she's lying, okay? The reality is, guys, it's been decades since you've given her something that she actually wanted. So she lowered the expectation and says that she doesn't want anything. Okay, she does. She wants something heartfelt and thoughtful. It doesn't have to be crazy or extravagant or super expensive. She just wants to know that you thought about her, okay? Let me give you another little tip. A washing machine, not a birthday gift, not a Christmas gift, not a, somebody snorted. Did you get one? <laughs> not a Valentine's gift, not a Mother's Day gift, even if she wants one, okay? Just get it just because, not for a holiday. Third love need of your wife is to be considerate of her. Look, I know we all have busy lives, but she still has to come first, okay? Remember what 1 Peter 3.7 said, Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner. This is a different version. Showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Being considerate looks a lot like showing someone honor, doesn't it? Remember, she doesn't work for you. She's your partner. She's your co-laborer in this life, in this family that you've created. Be generous with words. It creates a culture and an atmosphere inside your home of honor. Your kids need to see you being generous with your words to each other. Number four, show her affection. Okay, when we say affection, we're talking about the kind of affection that isn't attached to a sexual expectation, okay? This is just affection for the sake of affection. Women need to be shown that they're loved without their husbands expecting something in return. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that. But there needs to be times where a woman feels that affection and that there's not something on the other side of it. But to this point, I will tell you guys, find out what works for your wife. Find out what she wants and what she enjoys when it comes to affection. Every woman is different. For some women, they want to hold hands in public. They want their husband all over them. For some women, they don't. They only want that in private, inside the home. So ask your wife. And then when she tells you, do that specifically. You know, a great... Christian book from many years ago, some of you may have heard of, is Sex Begins in the Kitchen, okay? This is absolutely true. I can just tell you by the title of this book, especially if your wife, if her love need, find out your wife's love need, by the way, or love language, if her love language is, uh, what's it called? Acts of Service, yes. It's mine, and I totally forgot it. Acts of Service. If that's her love language, do those things, okay? Clean the kitchen, take that baby, change that diaper, push that magic button on the washing machine, okay? It'll set the atmosphere for your wife feeling honored and cared for, okay? Hug your wife, hold hands, kiss her in front of your kids. This is so important. When your kids see that mom and dad are good, they feel safe, they feel like home is a safe place when everything at home is good because mom and dad are good and mom and dad love each other. Number five, prioritizer. Ephesians 5.28, in the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. 
Now, this passage emphasizes the importance of a husband's love and care for his wife, prioritizing her well-being and treating her with the same level of devotion and self-sacrifice that Christ gave the church. Number six, be a godly husband. Now, this seems so obvious, right? You're here today, whether your wife drug you here because it's Mother's Day or not, you're here. You want to be a godly husband, right? There's a lot of things that go into being a godly husband, the kind that your wife needs. But before we leave today, I'm going to give you three of these things, three requirements of a godly husband. We don't necessarily marry the perfect person. When you get married, you might think that you're perfect, but you might have also heard that sometimes men marry their wives, hoping that their wives never change, but we do, right? And wives marry their husband, hoping that they can change him. But we grow together as we grow in our relationship with God. So the first way for you to be a godly husband, be committed to God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know him and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Trust God. Lean on God's wisdom, not your own. Number two is to be faithful to your wife. Ephesians 5.31, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one. Proverbs 5.15-18 says, Drink water from your own cistern, water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow into the streets, streams in the public squares, they should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. Now, when we think of being faithful to our spouse, we think physical, right? That's the first thing that we think of. Of course, be physically faithful to your spouse. Don't cheat. That's obvious, right? But there's so much more than that. Be emotionally faithful to your wife. Can your wife pick up your phone and look at your conversations, your Facebook, your messages, see who you talk to? how you spend your time when she's not there, that's being faithful to your wife. Number three, be devoted to your family. You know, there's a lot of ways right now that we're hearing, we're bombarded, culture trying to destroy the family. All these things that we're told that are true, that we know aren't true about what a family looks like. One of my biggest pet peeves, though, is when Say you're watching a show and it is a husband and a wife, nuclear family with kids. How many times do you see that they make this dad out to be some doofy guy who doesn't know anything? You guys know what I'm talking about? I've seen it in kids' cartoons. I've seen it in family shows. It drives me crazy. Men, you are so much better than that. No matter what culture is trying to tell you, no matter what culture is trying to show our kids that dads are or aren't, that is not true. Psalm 127, 3 through 5 says, Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. We're talking about kids here. Dads, you are so important in your kids' lives. The children aren't just hers to raise. They're yours to raise together, to create that family vision together. So get involved and stay involved. You know, we hear all these studies about the effects of homes without fathers on those kids. But here's some facts about fathers who are involved in their kids' lives. 
Fathers who care for, nurture, and play with their babies raise children with higher IQs and with better language and cognitive skills. Involved fathers enhance their children's communication skills because they tend to ask children more questions than mothers, which builds vocabulary and conversational skills. So I don't know if this is true in your home. This is true in my home. My husband is the king of asking questions, especially to our kids. Now, I have a 13- and 12-year-old, so of course they don't always love it. It usually ends in, gosh, Dad, why so many questions? But it creates an atmosphere of communication inside our home, even when they get annoyed. They know their dad cares. They know their dad wants to know what's going on with their lives. They know that they have somebody to talk to, no matter what they're going through. Here's some more facts. Positive father involvement decreases boys' problem behaviors, especially with boys that are just naturally more challenging in their temperaments, and it creates better mental health for girls. Fathers who are more involved with their children tend to raise children who experience more success in their careers. We all want that for our kids, right? Dads, husbands, you matter. You set the tone for your home, for your marriage, for your kids' foundations and how you treat your wife and how you interact with your kids. This is biblical manhood. This is what this looks like. Loving God, being a good husband, and being a present and involved father. You can have a great job. You can have an incredible career without destroying your family, but it has to put God first. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for a day where we honor mothers, God, no matter what season of life they're in, but God, that we also honor all the women in the room today, no matter what they're walking through, God, that we just ask that you have your hand on their lives, that you're guiding them in whatever you've called them to do and whatever you've called them to be, Father. And we also pray for all the men in the room today, the husbands, the husbands-to-be. God, we just pray that they know who you've called them to be, God, and that they rise up and they take their place inside of their families and inside of their communities, God, and that they know and they understand the impact and the value that they add, not only to their families and their workplaces, in their churches, in their communities. God, we thank you for the men of God that follow you, that trust you with their lives, and that care for their families. I want to ask everyone to remain in a posture of prayer with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. We're going to have a moment for anyone in the room who may need to surrender their life to Jesus today. You know, there might be some of you here today that would say that you've walked with Jesus in the past. Maybe you had a relationship with him, but maybe you walked through some things. You had some circumstances in your life that caused you to turn away from him. We serve a loving God who's always waiting, arms open for you to come back to him. There may be some of you in the room here today that would say that you've never had a relationship with Jesus in the past, but you're here today and you're ready to say yes to him. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in that righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So here in just a moment, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer as we're confessing Jesus as Lord for those of you in the room here today that need to make that decision. Here in just a minute, I'm going to count to three. And if you're one of those two groups saying you're ready to say yes to Jesus, whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time, all I want you to do is raise your hand long enough and high enough so that I can see. I'm not going to call anyone out. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is a moment between you and a God who loves you. I just want to know who I'm including in this prayer today. So church, 
If that's you on the count of three, go ahead and raise your hand. One, two, three. I see you. Thank you. I see 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 you. Hands are going up all over this room. You're never the only one. Is there anyone else before we pray this prayer together? I see you. Thank you. All right, everyone, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth, for living a perfect life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you are good, and I believe that you are God. I surrender my life to you today. Come into my heart. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for everyone who made that decision today.